0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff.
1: All right, my friends, we're going to have a little bit of fun today. Do something we don't normally do, but I stumbled across this. thought you might enjoy this. This is at the, I think this is from the, what is this here? The IT, it's IT Connect, University of Washington. Information Technology, is this the department of or school of? Um, Information Technology, University of Washington, Washington State. Um, It's the IT Inclusive Language Guide. So I'm not going to tell you what these words are. I'm going to throw some some of these words in um, as I go through today's program. And believe me when I tell you this, there are a lot of... A lot of words, a lot of phrases that one would have to master which is on the list just to give you the first the first clue. Although I think I used it in the you know what, you have to you have to have someone who's lived in academia all their lives to explain this thing to you. So we're going to do that throughout the program today. You can keep count. I wouldn't even care to hear if you wanted to share that with me. You could post it on our Facebook page or email it to me Todd at Todfshow.com your best guess Oz is gonna be the official scorekeeper here in the office hopefully she can she can pay attention here um, and uh, and keep a proper proper tally on things. So let's start today. let's start first of all I have something that I want to that I want to deal with. I have something that I want to talk about here off the top. And that is, that is this notion, right? The Democrats have been telling us for pretty much since the last election that Republicans are here to impact and to change our democracy. They're basically, Republicans want to throw democracy under the bridge. Republicans, because of Donald J. Trump and what he said about the election and all this is a danger to society. Well, let me throw this out there off the top. If Democrats wants to save want to save our democracy, then they must. I'm just telling you how democracy works, my friends. They must now support the impeachment of President Joe Biden. I'm just reporting the facts here. This is at RasmussenReports.com. Half of voters believe President Biden should be impeached. <laughs> And nearly as many think Republicans will do it if they win a congressional majority in the midterm elections. We've been preached to by the Democrats. They tell us we have a democracy. They tell us that Republicans are trampling on democracy and so forth. Well, if Democrats are so, so behind this notion of democracy, then they should listen to the people. They should listen to the people and impeach President Joe Biden. I'm just here... To explain the logic of the things that they tell you and repackage them in a way that's actually consistent, and that's what they're, that's what they sh- uh, should be clamoring for. It's what they are clamoring for. They just don't fully understand it, and, and better, better yet, their their voters um, don't really, oftentimes understand that, unfortunately, and that's by design. But let's start today. Let's talk. Let's start today with this White House. Uh, th- there's there's now rumors, right? There's names that are being, well, a name, Michelle Childs to replace retiring Supreme Court Justice uh, Stephen Breyer. Stephen Breyer, this is, I'm looking here in the washingtonexaminer.com. James Clyburn, who the article points out, uh, was one of the first... Well, one of the main voices to support Biden when there were 65 candidates in the field and nobody was going to win the primary, they could see the writing on the wall, and they saw that they saw they the powers the the power brokers in the Democrat Party saw that more people were aligning behind Bernie Sanders, who the big money in the Democrat Party did not want to be president, so they got behind somebody, anybody they thought could beat both Bernie and President Donald J. Trump, and so they picked begrudgingly. This was not something they were excited about. This was not something they were hopeful for. This was something that they did almost, I mean, may have literally held their nose. May have literally held their noses, I should say, when they made this announcement, when they made this endorsement. But Democratic House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn um, mentions or at least says that some GOP senators are going to be okay with this notion of Judge Michelle J Michelle Childs um, should she be the nominee for Supreme Court justice to replace uh, to replace Stephen Breyer now Lindsey Graham was on television over the weekend face the nation he actually said I can't think you know Lindsey Graham is a peculiar individual to me who, I, I mean, he, the way he f- moves back and forth, just, he was hated Trump and he loved Trump. Now he's telling Democrats, Hey, this is the, I think this is the most qualified Supreme court justice. And I'm not going to say anything bad about Michelle Childs. You know, at this point, I don't, I don't know enough to engage in that yet, but I do know this. I do know what, ...Biden and the Democrats want in a Supreme Court justice, and that is and that is someone who's going to advance liberalism through the courts. Uh, this is an undeniable fact of reality. This is how they view the Supreme Court. So I'm very skeptical of, candidly, any name that is thrown into the mix here. Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican, state of South Carolina, says, I can't think of a better person for President Biden to consider for the Supreme Court than, well, I should say then. it says then. It's not then. It's than. Better than, not better than. Anyway, it says then, but it's than. Michelle, of course, it's face the nation. I'm surprised that they even got that far of a sentence created, uh, written out correctly there, given how difficult of a time they have reporting facts and real information as it is. But nonetheless, nonetheless, that's, a name that's being bantered about. But since Biden, the only requirements we've heard so far, given by President Biden, the only requirements to be his Supreme Court pick is for that candidate to be a black woman, I thought we could potentially help him. I mean, if that's the only requirement, right? We're only looking for black women. This is, which again... I have zero problem with the idea of a black woman be on the Supreme Court. Like that, to me, we are way past. We we should be way way past having to, to say that. Um, but it's not. It's neither a uh, something that should be viewed as a an advantage or disadvantage. It's just a fact of the identity of the person. But since Biden is looking for black women to show. Biden and the Democrat party that we are trying to help here. We are doing our level best to help him find. He wants a he wants a black woman to serve and I think that that would be a great idea if it was someone who actually interpreted the constitution as originally intended. I think it would be a great idea if this was someone who would stand firmly for the rule of law, interpreting the words, studying the meaning, the intention of those that wrote the words that wrote the law, I think that would be a wonderful thing. Biden thinks the most important thing is is that person's skin color and gender. So let me just throw a couple of names out there for people that Biden could consider. I mean, since we're playing this game, all that matters is someone's race and gender. What about Condoleezza Rice for Supreme Court? There's a name. What about Janice Rogers Brown? She was a, a judge, former judge. She's in her 70s now. Um, She, by the way, was made to wait a couple of years. She was a nominee for a lower court when President George W. Bush was in charge of appointing nominees. Democrats actually made her wait, I think, two years to be appointed as a judge. And it's kind of ironic today because if Republicans tried to do something like that, that would be called racist. I'm wondering if the Democrats who did that back in the early 2000s would be Called racist. What about Star Parker? Maybe Candace Owens? I mean, look, if the only criteria that Biden's looking for is a black woman, I think we've got some ideas and suggestions of, of folks that I would really be able to get behind, right? I mean, this is what we're told. The only criteria, the only criteria that they care about is the race and gender of the nominee, which, of, of course, is look it's 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 politics, right? It's a couple of things are happening here. Number one, number one, they saw they saw that they lost a lot of the black vote. I mean as a compared to what they usually get they still they still had dominant numbers amongst the Democrats had dominant numbers amongst the black vote. but president former President Trump came in and was able to poll a lot larger numbers than they were used to seeing. So they're worried about that. Remember Biden told, Charlemagne the God that you can uh, if you didn't vote for him if you voted for Trump you ain't black remember that Biden Biden also said I don't have the sound bites pulled up but you know he said this he said um, how do you say it poor children I forget basically he said that poor children aren't as I forget the as white children as though all poor children were were black children I mean this guy Sticks his foot in his mouth on a, on a very, very regular, very regular basis. And so now we've got this opening. We've got a name opening for the Supreme Court. We've got a name that's now out there floating around. It could be the legit name. It could be a trial balloon. It could be any number of things. Um, we've still got a little while yet before Biden. Yeah, there it is. Biden says, poor kids, hold that up, Oz, are just as bright as white kids. I knew it was something. She had to pull it up for me. Sometimes, very, very rarely, my memory will fail me on issues like this. Poor kids are just as bright as white kids. Is that what that said? Only Biden. Only Biden. I'd love to hear the explanation for that. What is the explanation for this, President Biden? Anyway, um, so this is this is where we are. In this process of, you know, I think by the end of the month, they plan on having a name end of next month plan on having a name, a nominee to the Supreme Court. And given how poorly everything has gone, they're probably terrified now that they're being we're being told this is the opportunity to reset this uh, administration who's literally, uh, you know, just been annihilated. Everything they've touched has completely come apart at the seams. And so they think, ah, oh, here's a chance. Here's our chance. And it's interesting to me when they think they have their chances. They have their chances when it's just something like a pick. Now, I'm not minimizing this. A pick for the Supreme Court's a big deal. But there's no there's no measure of whether or not, no immediate measure of whether or not this was good or bad, right? I mean, we can say we think this nominee is going to be bad because here, well, she is going to... um you know, apply liberal logic and progressive ideology to the reading of the Constitution, trying to further the leftist agenda uh, through the courts, which is a terrible thing. But it's not like, you know, you're in control of, say, an agenda. You're the driver of an agenda, and then everything you promote causes things to get worse. People can see that immediately right now, right in their day-to-day lives. They can feel it. They can see it. When they sit down and uh, you know budget their numbers or balance the checkbook or look at their bills, people have seen and felt that even though they may have gotten a raise, that raise was washed away by this, well, this terrible thing called inflation that's created by government policies and stupid decisions that are made by our by our federal government, right? And so a Supreme Court pick is there, there's no there's no downside, right? This is an op, this is his opportunity. It's again, don't misunderstand me. There are tremendous consequences, but the pick itself—that's all Biden has to worry about. He can make it all about you know symbolic pick to try to galvanize the the, the female vote, the the leftist vote, whatever the 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 black vote. Use this as a, as a way to. Say I'm here to you know, make sure that you're represented on the Supreme Court, which of course is not even what the Supreme Court is about. The Supreme Court is about interpreting the law. The law is actually written by people who are supposed to be representing us. Of course, they're not really doing that. They're pushing an agenda that is against the will of the American people. That's why these numbers are so atrocious for Biden, for Congress. People are fed up. That's why 50% of Americans want to see the president impeached. Again, I stand by my words at the top. If Democrats care about democracy, if they want to stand on the side of democratic rule, then it seems to me if 50% of the people want to see Biden impeached, they better do that. That is the will of the people. If they oppose that idea, they, my friends, are standing against democracy. They are a menace to democracy. This is how this game is played. I don't mean this. Please understand the tongue-in-cheek approach I'm taking here. I don't mean this literally. I'm just saying if we appro- if we apply the same logic that they use on every other issue a way that they argue these silly points and try to, you know, make these superficial uh, arguments and so forth, this is where they would end up. Democracy demands that Biden be impeached. It demands it. It's a critical moment in our history. Are we going to stand on the side of democracy or not? Now, see, when I say that, it sounds ridiculous but when the news media to a lot of people who are asleep at the wheel, say those sorts of things incessantly it's subconsciously picked up as a truth to people which is absurd they did it to trump for for four years four plus years they're still doing it to trump anyway so this is biden's hoping he's hoping here hey here's my chance here's my chance to you know to do the pomp and circumstance here to look like the royalty or something and and make some declaration and appointment, something that really shouldn't backfire and blow up in my face. But heaven only knows what the guy's going to say during the nomination process, the appointment process. So anytime the guy opens his mouth, there's of course room for some negative, negative things to happen. But that's how they're looking at this and they're looking at this as an, as an opportunity to, to reset and then make people really forget, forget about all the chaos that's been caused by Biden, by the Democrat Party these past 12 months. 12 months, folks, is all we've got of this stuff, and we're – I mean it's, it's like we've just gone through the equivalent of hell week here, hell year with the Biden administration when we get back. Got to take a break. When we get back, I want to touch on something that's been in the news lately. In fact, Jen Saki mentioned it at a press conference yesterday. A lot of folks have pointed this out. President Ronald Reagan, during his time campaigning, said that if he were elected judge or, excuse me, uh, president, he would nominate um, a woman to one of the first openings that he presided over, I suppose. I want to talk about that. And I want to play a soundbite, time permitting here, of Jen Psaki defending Biden's decision. And all this talk about Reagan, 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 as though this makes this sort of approach the right way to go about this. We'll talk about that after. You know that I love Ronald Reagan. Doesn't mean I agree with everything, by the way. Here's a novel concept. Novel concept. We look at the idea based upon its criteria, not the person who's actually out there proclaiming it crazy, crazy stuff, right? Quick time out, my friends. We'll continue after the break. Sit tight back here in just a minute. <laughs> so Oz is complaining. For those of you that listened off the top of the show, you should be keeping score. You should be keeping score on how many words and phrases I have been using that the, what is it? The IT department or school of IT, it's called IT Connect at the Univ- Information Technology University of Washington, it says that students shouldn't use. So I'm going to lower the bar, hint, hint, um, for, <laughs> so that Oz is able to keep up here. Oz is able to keep up here today um, and to try to keep pace with this gray beard here behind the microphone, who is the master of truth. Oz, can you keep track of all those that I just threw out there? More to come as the program comes to, uh, together here today. I will say this. I know many of you are listening on your way to work. You might be planning later to go out to lunch, or some of you might have brought lunch in a brown bag I was just shaking your head. I'm really stretching here now. Anyway, this is this is a cakewalk. This rest of this day should be a cakewalk <laughs> for you. Um, but let's get back to what we we're ta- what we're even talking about here. I'm 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 so distracted with throwing those terms we're not supposed to use in here. Jin that's right. Jin Saki actually um, took some time to defend this notion of Biden saying, "Hey, let's, you know, I'm going to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court." Remember, and and I mentioned this the other day. I mentioned this the other day. This was the only criteria that we were given for his vice presidential candidate, who of course is Kamala Harris, who still I'm not sure. She might have found her way to the border one time. Just once. She's the um what the, the borders are, is that what we're calling her? Tulsi Gabbard, who's, by, by the way, a Democrat. Tulsi Gabbard, to me, if you were to, to take all of the collective good ideas from today's Democrat leaders in, in Congress and you know the White House, the, the administration, and, compa- and combined them and put those up against Tulsi Gabbard, I think Tulsi Gabbard would still be ahead by about 5,000 good ideas. But Tulsi Gabbard makes a good point here on Twitter. Um, she said Biden chose Harris as his VP because of the color of her skin and sex, not qualification. She's been a disaster. She's, and by the way, Tulsi Gabbard's spot on correct about this. Now he promises to choose Supreme Court nominee on the same criteria. Uh, criteria. Identity politics is destroying our country. She is exactly... Exactly right. But let's listen to Jin Saki try to explain this. You know, I I get the feeling here Jin Saki's having a heart. she's she's kind of tired of this. I kind of feel like Jin Saki is I feel herself I feel her distancing herself from Biden in this response. Normally normally she doesn't seem to feel so distant from the answer, in my opinion. Sometimes, I mean, her answers don't make sense, but then again, she's defending the illogical and the indefensible. But I just want you to listen to her response here, as she answers this uh, journalist question, which I'm going to read to you, so you can just listen to the response of Saki and listen to her kind of, well, I would say, him and Hall, or I don't know if that's in that list or not. Uh, us. That may be on that list. Anyway, the question is this. Our latest poll shows that just over three quarters of Americans, 76%, want the president to consider all possible nominees, not only black women, as he pledged on the campaign trail. What do you make of this, and why do you think that a majority of Americans want the president (laughs) to take a different approach here? Listen to her response.
0: Well, Again, what we can assure the American public of, uh-huh. um, whether wherever they fell on that poll, is that they uh, all he fell will against choose uh, and nominate. Uh, someone who has impeccable credentials and is eminently qualified uh, to serve uh, as a Supreme Court Justice uh, and and someone who is uh, eminently qualified to serve in a lifetime appointment. Uh, He did make a promise uh, to the country. Uh, That's certainly how he sees it. And he's going to work hard on this choice, seeking advice and counsel from, as I noted earlier, a range of uh, uh, leaders, of experts. um, And that's something that he is already pursuing uh, this week. I would note that there is a long history here. Um, President Reagan promised the country he would nominate the country's first woman to serve on the court, and he did so. Uh, Former President Trump also promised to choose a woman uh, just over a year ago, and there was no such complaint uh, from the voices on the right Not who are exactly. speaking out now, uh, but the president's commitment uh, is to uh, deliver on the promise he made to the country. But he has there's no question in his mind that there is a wealth of qualified, talented uh, black women to choose from in this uh, to to nominate. Go ahead. Okay. I just want- I've got
1: I've got no problem with some of that, but I mean, she's blaming. Well, she's comparing it to how Trump nominated Amy Coney. Eric, look, I get the politics of this. I get, <laughs> it's it's interesting. I, I would even say, I can't go back to Reagan's era because I was, you know, I was a little kid back then. I mean, I did follow it when I got a little bit older. But I mean, in 1980, I was just a couple of years old. So I can't speak to the whole feeling. But I will say this, when you are in today's Republican Party, who is constantly maligned, misrepresented as racist and sexist, um, I think it's a good political play to use that rhetoric back against the left. Um, And I think if you're nominating someone who's a woman or going to, remember, she was the third third woman or the third nominee of Trump was a woman. He didn't go in saying, look, I'm going to, I'm going to nominate a woman. He had a list of people that were basically uh, vetted by what the Federal Society, I think, Federalist Society, um, of conservative, constitutional interpreting justices or potential justices. And so it's not the same, not the same thing. By the way, before I I got to get a break here, but please. I said, don't ask the experts. Please don't say the word experts. I know what that's intended to imply. That's intended to tell the rest of us, hey, folks, you're in good hands. Everything is fine. We're bringing the experts in here. The experts. That just sounds right. But may I remind you, may I remind you, the experts Biden has brought into the White House or brought into the inner circle have brought us the economic policies that we've seen have brought us. The COVID response and the situation with that that we've seen, it's brought us, I mean, my heavens, folks, the experts have brought us everything that we're witnessing. The experts, remember the experts, Biden, we were, Biden told us originally, the experts told him, hey, you know, this is a good time to get out of Afghanistan. I mean, what has the experts told the guy? What have the experts told this guy, President Biden, that's actually been beneficial People throw these words, it sounds right. But when you think about the experts that Biden, and I'm not here to knock experts. I'm here to knock experts as a, (laughs) as a ruse. I'm here to knock this concept of experts as a strategy for getting people to say, look, the experts say that you should do this. Okay, well, how about you explain it to me? And if you can't explain it to me, folks, you're not an expert. An expert should be able to break it down in a way that someone who doesn't understand it as well as they do can explain it. I mean, case in point: when you have children, sometimes things are difficult to explain. But generally speaking, kids ask parents to explain things to them. Parents, well, parents might ask kids to explain a behavior or decision they made, but parents don't go to children and say, "Explain this" to explain this concept, unless you got some genius kid or something. But the point is, the point is, we don't have to go around saying, "I'm an expert." Because I'm a parent in this particular example, and Biden doesn't have to call us in. We just are people who have experienced life and have thought and have learned and have applied that knowledge. But they're going to ask the experts. Oh, rest assured, the experts will be asked about which Supreme Court justice to pick. (laughs) The experts gave us – you know, Sonia Sotomayor, the experts gave us Elena Kagan, the experts gave us Stephen Breyer, the experts gave us, I mean, it's on down the line. The experts gave us Joe Biden. The experts gave Biden Kamala Harris. They don't have a very good track record, if you ask me. In fact, their track record should strip them. Is strip in their eyes on that list? Their, their track record should strip them of any... Future use of the title expert. Quick timeout, my friends. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Okay, so let's. I've been referencing this. I'm gonna go to this now. It'll be a short segment, but we'll come back and add to this. As I mentioned off the top, I wanted you to keep score of the words that I use throughout the program that have been listed as words that were not supposed – words and phrases were not supposed to use in, according to the University of Washington, the Information Technology Department or school. I don't know what this is. um, I'm not going to read this whole stupid thing to you. But it's long. In fact, when I gave it to I, I said, Oz, keep score – and after the first break, that's why I said I had to lower the bar for Oz because she said, this thing is so long, it's hard to keep up. Some of these words are so common, you know, you might not even recognize when they're being said, right? I mean, for example, I mentioned the word lower the bar. Um, by the way, I didn't use this word. Maybe I did. Minority. Did you know you're not supposed to use Minority. Anymore. I thought we were supposed to. Don't we have groups that are named something minorities, like named as a group that represents minorities? This says minority, uh, when used to refer to other races or abilities, used as a generalized term for the other and implies a less than attitude towards the community or communities being discussed. it literally was supposed to, it, the literal use of the term was to, was intended of course it was manipulated and remember these things were all pushed upon us forced upon us by politicians, by radical leftists. this was to engage in identity politics They didn't just want to say you know a small say the black community or the Asian American community or whatever it is. They wanted to say minorities because they wanted to, they wanted every, they wanted to combine all those minority groups and try to create a coalition of people that voted Democrat, because they were minorities and Democrats care about minorities and Republicans, as they would describe it, the radical left would describe it, are racist, hate-filled, evil people, right? I mean, this is the way that it goes. So they, they've literally created this. So you're not supposed to use the word minority. You're not supposed to use the word the phrase native speaker ninja. You're not supposed to use the word ninja or guru. I mean, I would say that when it comes to dissecting the, the issues, the host of this program is both a guru and a ninja. But no, this says it's problematic because those are culturally appropriative and thus problematic. So you're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to say... says Who, who says that these are cultural appropriations? Um, peanut gallery is offensive. Red line is offensive. Spirit animal, which I thoroughly enjoyed that as well, because that's some, some things that younger people will ask each other, what what's your your spirit animal referring to something as your spirit animal animal is culturally appropriation, cultural appropriation. When you go on down the line here, and this is crazy. That's another word that's on the list, and I, I would say insane. Now, they're helpful here. This list, it gives you the problem words, and then they suggest alternatives. It's almost like it's a thesaurus and a dictionary and a how-to-be-woke guide all wrapped up into one here. So they got words you can use. I'm guessing that these words are eventually going to be listed as words at one point you can't use. For example, you can't use... Crazy or insane, but you can use disoriented, which I think, and disorienting, which to me seems problematic because that could confuse people who are uh, from a region that we would refer to as the Orient. That may be problematic. So they might want to rethink these sorts of things. So I can use the word outrageous. Um, I know, Oz, it's time to take a break. You can't use the word see. C you're supposed to say read. So if I was to you know write an email and put C below, nope, not allowed to do that because it might be offensive I guess to someone um it's it's ableist. It, it's I'm I'm giving you know making people who can't see very well have a difficult time to which I think if you can't see well, how are you reading the email I, it, this stuff folks these are people who have way too much time on their hands who think they're engaging in some great moral battle by doing this stuff look I understand if there's someone that we know is uh, bothered by the certain use of words and phrases we it's human decency to try not to right I mean I think that that's a fair thing like if you have a friend that if you say a certain thing it stirs up emotions it's kind to try to avoid that if, if possible. but you can't be expected to do it on a large scale and to not be able to talk to a stranger because you might say a word that might trigger them and that's correct. It's him I can't say he or she, his or her, his or her, his and her, he and she because well, because it's no longer appropriate to do that because you know it's it's misgendering somebody or whatever. Folks, we're not even now supposed to use the phrase preferred pronouns because preferred implies that a person's pronoun is optional and it suggests that gender identity and expression is a preference and that respectful pronoun use is therefore optional. These are people who think in such circles, I don't see how they get out of the bed or the bedroom in the morning because they can't walk straight out the door. This is utterly absurd I can't wait to see what woke phrase we're using this year, not me, but everyone on the left, is going to be in this stupid manual next year. Quick timeout, my friends long in the segment back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Oz and I are just talking about, about these this list of pronouns, University of Washington. Information technology. I, so, one of the phrases you are not supposed to use now is the phrase, is the term "guys." So, you have to understand first of all. I am not trying to deliberately upset anybody with my my language. I, if you are, I will reasonably try to deal with pers- people on an individual basis, but you can't expect someone to change everything about them, the way that they've talked. Just I mean, it's especially if they've done it for a long time. It is. It doesn't mean they're trying to be offensive or hateful. It's just the way that they communicate and deal with things. And I might say, hey, guys. In fact, I probably said that on this program. I don't even know if Oz caught it. Hey, guys. That's not meant to be offensive. (laughs) Um, In fact, when we were in... We were somewhere. We were in Fort, Fort Lauderdale, maybe. I don't remember where we were, to be honest. We were somewhere... And, oh, no, we were in San Diego, and the server came up to us, and she said something, and she made some comment that she got in trouble for using the phrase guys, and I said, what? She said, yeah, so, because she said, how y'all, that's what it was, she said, how y'all doing? And I said, oh, I said, are you I assume she was from the south. I said I don't detect an accent. She's I'm I'm not. I'm like so, okay. So why do you start saying y'all? Because management got on me because a customer complained because I used to go up to a table and say hey guys how are you doing this evening, and someone who got offended at that because they're not a guy. It's just <laughs> for people. I I just it is beyond me folks to to wrap my head around some of this stuff, and I think you can say I'm trying to get a you know we're trying to get along with people and be reasonable and accommodating and, and not try to intentionally upset somebody without saying you can't expect me to forget everything I know about the universe, the world, the way that I was raised, my culture, the way I talk. It's not intentionally meaning anything. It's just the way that I live. Can't use the word upperclassmen. Give me a break. Just unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable what we're dealing with, folks. I gotta take a time out back in just a minute. <laughs> back, my friends. Look, um, we're fighting two battles here, and they're related. Those two battles are a, well, I'd say first and foremost, a cultural battle. Secondly, we're fighting a political battle. Culture always leads politics. Politics is a response to what's happening in culture. Culture is, a, uh, I guess, the natural outflow of having people who believe certain worldviews have certain ways of looking at the universe, making sense of it and so forth, establishing values. We can fight back and we can still make some headway here, folks. I've got to go. Have a great day. SDG, see you tomorrow. Take care.